In Titus 2, older women are commanded to teach what is good so they can help younger women love their husbands and children. On today's show, you'll hear from older women who will share timeless, relevant biblical wisdom and personal, profound life experiences to help answer your questions and teach what God says is good so you can be the wife and mother you were created to be. Welcome to another episode of Older Women Likewise. Good evening. We're so glad to have all of you viewers with us this evening. And those of you that are listening to the podcast, welcome. We are continuing our series on our trip to Israel. Not only the things that we saw, but the scriptural references that were made along the way of all the things that we saw. Uh, And then also uh, we're going to be sharing our feelings, uh, our emotions, and our reflections uh, as we were on that trip. That is, Ashley and Cindy are going to be. By this time in the trip, <laughs> I was sick. I was sick. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah. I just, I, it was terrible. But so they have wonderful reflections. I just have like, oh, please let me feel better soon. So, <laughs> but here we go. And again, uh, as before, this is being recorded uh, ahead of time for you. Um, Cindy, what you you up to tonight? Well, I'm coming in. I'm I'm parked today at Truth or Consequences. It's a cool name for a New Mexican city. And when we passed the sign last year, I was like, I want to stay there someday because it, it sounds very interesting. And we spent some time today. I don't know if you've ever heard of the, is it called the Very Large Array? So this is all of those telescopes. They're really like antennas that are featured in the movie Contact with Jodie Foster. You know, so it's a, you know, they've been actually featured in all, you know, I think a Bon Jovi music video and all kinds of other um, you know, movies and such. But anyway, we spent some time learning about what they do there and it was far different than what I thought they were doing there. You know, I thought they were looking for ET and apparently they're photographing some amazing, amazing galaxies and things. So it was, it was as Ash and I call it a homeschool field trip today. Wonderful. Wonderful. (laughs) Very educational. How are things with you, Ashley? Kids doing well? Kids are doing great. Um, I'm working on an article for a magazine about using sustainable resources in spinning yarn and Mm. how to work with textile manufacturers to get their byproducts and their surplus in order to craft in a more um, green earth friendly way. So working on that article should be out by the end of the year and homeschooling and spinning my plates as I do. Okay. (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) I love it. That is so marvelous. Well, let's jump right into our uh, program then on our trip to Israel. Let's see if this works for me. Here we go. Did I get it? Not yet. Come on now. Oh no. I'm a behave. We believe in you, Isla. You can do this. Thank you. Thank you. Let me try it again then, y'all. So I don't know if I what I've done that it didn't like. I like this. Ah, 
there. Now we're good. Okay, so we, we uh, talked about that. Uh, this is, I've made this one long PowerPoint so we can just go from place to place. Uh, and these are all the places that we, the major places we went at the end of, uh, or these last four days of touring. So here we go to Jericho. All right. So was this that Sunday morning, Isla, when we worshiped first at the hotel? I'm not sure if we're, this is the day after that. Um, this is the day after. This is Monday. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. So, all right. go ahead. Oh, I'm just remembering, um, I believe the day we when we hiked around the ruins of Jericho, my notes say that Brian Nash that morning led us in worship, but <laughs> apparently... Uh, this is the day after, but yes, um, what I remember about Jericho is just taking my daughter's hand and singing, um, the song about marching, we're marching around the yeah. walls of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down and all that. So right. that was, that was really something I also remember thinking that Jericho was, if I had to live in this area outside of the very last city that we visited which was wow gorgeous this i think to me seemed like a place that would be a beautiful place to land i mean there was a lot of newer infrastructure and that kind of thing and it just visually was just gorgeous loved jericho what did you think about jericho ashley I was so stoked to go to Jericho because many people say it's the oldest city in the world. And I know it's impossible to prove what the oldest city in the world is because you actually have three oldest cities in the world built by Ham, Shem, and Japheth. And we don't know exactly which ones those are. But I was so excited because this was Neolithic, prehistoric architecture, Noah's grandbabies, you know, yeah. really deep in Genesis. And every time that I got deep in Genesis, I got super, super excited about, because I love studying the humanities and history and yeah. And people, how people respond to things. Um, and yeah, I love Jericho. It was beautiful. It had um, dates is what you're seeing in the picture here. Clusters of dates on different palm trees and stuff. Mm -hmm. and it was the it was the day I wore my red scarf because that was my outfit of the day because of Rahab with her red fabric out the window. So that was my, yeah, I, think I, I, <laughs> I walked around I with it blowing in the wind. Yeah, it was you, we have some good pictures of you. Isn't this where we went in and we got dates? Didn't we buy dates at this place? I think we so, yeah. I probably got the bars. It was interesting that they called their store Temptation. There was <laughs> many ironic store names where I'm like, yeah. are we supposed to shop here? Or is this something I'm supposed to avoid? <laughs> Sorry, I resisted. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> like, do I talk to it? Like, what you know? What so, well, I think it's it's for the the uh, the traditional Mount of Temptation. I guess Jesus. Oh yes, that's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Well, it it was called the City of Palm Trees way back. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, one of the things things that that I found about Jer- Jericho that was so interesting was the archaeologists have found evidence of more than twenty settlements over time. Yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, at Jericho, and uh, even back in Deuteronomy, when God showed the promised land to Moses, you know, He took him up on the mountain. Jericho, the city of palm trees, was there. And uh, like you said, uh, when they came across the river and uh, Rahab, they stayed at the home of Rahab and then she was uh, uh, saved and her household through faith, as Hebrews 11 talks about uh, so much Mm -hmm. about Jericho. Jesus was there uh, on occasion uh, and it was in Jericho where the judge Ehud killed the king of Moab, uh, Eglon, left-handed guy. You know, we know the story about that one. So, uh, but yeah, Jericho was an interesting city. One thing that I found really, really interesting going to these places and standing in them was the proportion and size of them compared to what I had either seen in movies or in my imagination. Mm-hmm. And so Jericho, as if you were to draw a line outside of where we toured, would probably be smaller than your local Walmart. And so I was thinking about this idea of the Israelites marching around. And usually we think about them marching around this huge, and it's like they're marching around some place about the size of a local Walmart or a, you know, target or something. And I was like, that's, it's so much smaller than I thought it would be. I think Mm -hmm. almost all of these places were a lot smaller than we expect them to be. Uh, That was fascinating, really, Mm -hmm. like you said. It was so interesting. Um, This is the building here with the red tile roof. That's a pumping station that provides water for Jericho. But here in this area is the spring that Elisha purified uh, in uh, Second Kings when he I think it was through salt into it. It had gone bad. The water was bad. It's been pure ever since, they said. They call this Elisha's spring. Um, the, uh, the older place, one of the things that was uh, remarkable about this was that uh, they had these mud walls that uh, when you were talking about going marching around, and I don't know if you, our viewers can see it very well. Here, the walls were, they were mud walls. They were um, fortified later on, were built up later on, but they were made with mud bricks. Uh, and so, of course, over time, they have eroded. Uh, and But that was one of the things. And didn't they find, what did Luke say about that, that they found some that had, they were, the walls were so thick you could never, just crash into them. I mean, you couldn't, you know, I mean, bombs it would take, not what we, what they had then, but the walls fell so that the children of Israel could go in. Yeah, I think they were very, very wide. I, um, I think we were all a little under the weather by this point. And so I was trying to soak in like the panorama, the scene, mm-hmm. the landscape. And I ended up being kind of a wanderer a little bit from Luke's, um, amazing educational resources. I found I kept finding pottery. <laughs> it's yeah, like, it worked, you know, <laughs> it was that. So, 
Um, Wallace took this picture of a sycamine tree, he said, but we always say sycamore tree. And this is where Jesus yes. met Zacchaeus. So. Well, that's yes. And he said, who wants to get out of on the who wants to get out of the bus to come see the Zac Zacchaeus tree? Um, there's it's absolutely not the one that he <laughs> would have climbed to see Jesus. So, yes, this was not for real, but yeah. we got to see the traditional tree. <laughs> it's the same species. Yeah. Yeah. So you can there. see you know, somebody could climb up in that tree. You can, you can kind of picture that. So, well, from, from uh, Jericho, we went on to uh, Beth Sheehan. And uh, this was where the theater was an ancient theater built at the end of mm -hmm. the second century on the remains of a first century theater. Uh, and as we went through, we I remember at that. Mm -hmm. I remember at that point, Isla. I, I said something. I said something about, oh, wouldn't it be nice to just somebody could just go down and give us a few lines from Fiddler on the Roof? And I believe that's Luke Chandler, and he okay. he obliged. And you know, the first time I ever talked to Luke Chandler when I was thinking about going on this trip he wasn't texting back and he and finally he did and he said sorry i'm like the king of so-and-so right now like he was in the middle of a play and then dressed up in character and made time to return my text but so this was uh yeah he's he's a multi-faceted multi-talented man and so there he is uh Ooh. just giving us a lighter moment yeah, yeah. beautiful beautiful yeah. ruins i loved i loved photographing up close you know, just to see the textures and the tiles and to get a feel for, you know, what it may have looked like so long ago. Yeah. Oh, this Greco-Roman city with the Roman theater and these massive columns down the street. You can see here's a person here and there's the column. It's huge, just gigantic. Mm -hmm. uh, and there you all are walking down this street where these columns were. You know, it's just hard to imagine just regular people in a setting like this, uh, you know, and I guess it's just the same as ancient people would have a problem imagining being in our cities, you know, like they are. Uh, My understanding is, is this is where the bodies of Saul and his sons were displayed by their conquerors. Is that some yeah. dark history in this area yeah, exactly. as well? Yeah, the, when the Philistines uh, knew that he was killed and his sons, they went and got his body and, and his son's bodies and hung them up. I mean, they had cut off the heads. And so the valiant men of Jabesh Gilead came at night and they retrieved the bodies, which would have been a dangerous mission to go on, and then brought them back mm. and uh, buried them there in Jabesh. So, but from there... We went on to the spring of Herod, uh, and uh, you all will remember that water was just, you can see how clear and beautiful it was there. Uh, in Judges, this is the spring where in Judges 7, God reduced the army of Israel uh, from 32,000 down to 300 to go and fight uh, against the Midianites. 
And this is the way that he judged. Remember, they, he told him, bring them down to the water. And <laughs> In the picture, if you're, if you're listening to the podcast as a line of all of us, young folk lined up and most of them are using their hands to scoop up the water, but not me because I decided I didn't want to go to war. I wanted to stay behind with the baggage and go on and be on vacation as it were. So I, I was trying to play my cards. Face down in the water. You know, I don't know how I saw these kids do it. These young people, I call them kids because they're under 35 or 40. And I say, they're going to be face down in that water any moment now. But, you know, it was really it, fun. Yeah. It was, I'm glad I did that. Yeah. You know, these being there, I do remember this part, being there, knowing the story so well, the, the Bible account so well, I could, you know, you could really just see it, especially when you guys got down in the water, but you could just really understand and, and visualize mm -hmm. how it must have been. And, you know, he, he got the, the people down there, the men down there, and, and they either just went into the water or else the, those who lapped like a dog, those are the ones God said, you choose them, keep them in your army. And only 300 of them. I've heard lots of sermons on why that was the best thing. I don't, you know, I don't know whether that, that meant they were ready for war, if that makes sense to me too. Uh, and, but that was however many it was, 300 of them. And then that same night, they surrounded the Midianites. And just the story is just fabulous of how Gideon overcame the Midianites through God's help. Absolutely, the victory was God's, not theirs. No, but that being at that spring was really mm -hmm. very interesting. Uh, next, we went to Tel Jezreel. Um, and uh, this was a, a very interesting place. There were so many Bible events that happened there. Uh, and to look out over this land and to know that so many things had happened on this soil was just really intriguing, I thought, you know, uh, as well. Uh, it really uh, shows how much it greens up when, when it's able to be watered. It looks a little bit like the Willamette Valley of Oregon. Oh, I bet that does, yeah, that's pretty. Well, the, this was near Endor where Saul had consulted the medium and who and the spirit of Samuel came up, obviously not because of the medium. Uh, Ahab and Jezebel had a summer palace here uh, and uh, Jehu killed Jezebel here and the dogs ate her as prophesied. First Kings uh, 21 and verse 23. Um, and the one I like too, also the account to think about in this area, what a beautiful place to live. The Shunammite woman and her husband lived where she had fixed that upper room for Elisha. Uh, and then when her son died, Elisha was sent for and came and, and um, raised him from the dead. And um, that was really uh, just to stand there to be able to look at across this um valley uh, and as beautiful as it is there we have been I know Luke told us and so did um, our guide Zach uh, the Israeli guide that 
it used to be look like this. It wasn't always so dry as we saw mm. in some places. You know, there were beautiful places. Um, and then our next mm -hmm. step was we went to the hotel. So uh, to the kibbutz. Oh, I'm sorry. Were there any other thoughts y'all wanted to share? I'm just rattling on. <laughs> um, You're I thinking think what I'm thinking, Ashley. Do you remember? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking I'm I'm in a silly mood tonight. And so part of me was thinking about how when I was a kid, I thought the Witch of Endar was kind of like a overlay with a Return of the Jedi because the Ewoks oh. are on the planet of Endor. And so that that lived in my head for oh, longer man. than it should have. How funny. Um, <laughs> so whenever I hear that, I kind of am amused by that. And yeah, so there was that. And then it's also well, what, go ahead. Go ahead, sweetie. Oh, um, how there's still growing crops in this in the valley of Jezreel. They're still growing stuff to eat. Like nobody's yeah. moved in there. It's not like yeah. California where it's all mansions around yeah. and gated communities and an HOA down there. It's still farmland. And I was, I just really appreciated the decisions that the Israeli people have made in their um, recultivating their land since they got their nation back. Cindy? Oh, I was just remembering that um, this was the area where Luke had explained that Jezebel had been thrown out of the window and had been eaten by dogs. Mm -hmm. Right? <laughs> yes. Um, and so, yes, I had, and I've, I've, I've confessed this in previous uh, Israel programs that we've done that I part, I, on certain places where God was outraged, I would spit on those places, idolatrous places. So after I'd had my little spitting ceremony in private over Jezebel, <laughs> that's my way of, uh, you know, feeling what God felt and relating to God. Um, I had a weird idea and I said, Hey, Ashley, can I photograph the palms of your hands? Cause remember there's where the dogs come and eat, but they don't eat the palms of her hands. So Ashley put her palms of her hands out like this. And so I photographed them and then I erased all the background. And we went and then we got on the bus and we kind of passed that around people. Like, what <laughs> we, that? Showed, we showed Luke. We found Jezebel. <laughs> oh dear. Finding the palms of Jezebel. Mm -mm -mm. Luke, it was, yeah, right where you said it was Luke. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Moving right along. I see I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Our next step, we went on to Kibbutz, Kibbutz, I never can say this right, Kibbutz Nof Ginnasar. Good was job, the, yes. The Sea of Galilee. I love this picture y'all made. Um, Yay. Said, this was our Yay. hotel for two nights and it was very close to the Sea of Galilee. I thought it was interesting as we learned more about the Kibbutzes that um, in order to, that when you came to Israel, uh, a Jew that came there in modern times, uh, they wanted to start a kibbutz. They had to have a group of people and they had to have a plan to support them uh, themselves at this kibbutz. And this particular one, the economy of it is 
based on fishing and agriculture and tourism because um, they have a wonderful place for us to stay. The um, accommodations were very nice. And, and uh, as you say, several of us were sick. So, hey, you know, it was a nice place to hang out uh, for a couple of days. Yeah. So, but um, this was a, a, a good one. And, and uh, the sea must have been just beautiful. I, I just love this picture. Yeah, I loved how you could see across mm -hmm. all the mountains all mm -hmm. around it and the little lights of houses. And it was easy to imagine them being like little fires or mm -hmm. it was easy to immerse yourself in a first century world there. And the yeah. landscapes were exactly as Jesus would have seen them. So mm -hmm. this is one of those places where I was just, I felt like I was home in a way that I can't explain. Well, mm -hmm. and I think I agree. go ahead, Cindy. I'm not sure if you can. See, I'm not sure if you can see Tiberius there in the distance, off to the right, past past yeah. the rocks. Um, but yeah, yes, there you go, Ash, off to the right. And so, yes, um, Paul. I mean, um, Luke said that that it would make sense that Jesus would use that as a visual aid to teach the teaching of a city set on a hill cannot be hidden that we as christians you know need to let our light shine and so that was beautiful and yes we swam at night i don't think it was this night it might have been the night after this i believe but we swam in these waters after dark and it was really really beautiful and i just remember um ashley went with me and we went all the way as far as we could go she got out first and i stayed in the water for, by myself a little while and reached down and picked out a rock because I was picking up rocks as I mentioned before all along the way I picked out just one rock I said I'm just going to take home the first one I touch and I pulled it up and it was the shape of a heart so that meant a lot to me I'd been collecting heart rocks so it was really really I this was my favorite hotel these were probably my couple of my favorite days yeah, Very yeah special. This, was this was a good one well the next day uh, we moved on to and this is the day I definitely, I mean, I was at the hotel this day and of all days to miss, you know, but uh, you went to Nazareth Valley village, sorry, Nazareth village, a reenactment area. Uh, and, you know, I, I did a little research on this, um, that the, the city of Nazareth, y'all, it said uh, on the recap uh, that you skipped it because so much of it is just modern. There's nothing there to show Jesus or to see from his time uh, because there's so many things that happened in Nazareth. Although it was interesting that Nazareth was never named in the Old Testament. It only came into prominence in the New Testament. Uh, the angel Gabriel came to Mary uh, in Nazareth uh, to tell her that she would soon Bear, the son of God. Uh, Joseph and Mary came back to Nazareth after they had spent time in Egypt with Jesus. Uh, Jesus grew up here, uh, and this is a city the, uh, that was forever tied to Jesus, but it wasn't a significant city, and 200 to 400 residents was all it was. And um, I know I was talking to to a, a, one of the sisters at church, and I said, you know, 
it wasn't like people were like, oh, Jesus was here. Let's protect everything. You know, it just nobody in terms of the Jewish society, they it was not important to them. So nobody protected all of those sites like we saw protected, perhaps in Jerusalem, um, mm -hmm. more so that that was of importance to the people. But this Nazareth Valley was a, a village. I want to call it Valley every time. This Nazareth village looked mm -hmm. like a wonderful experience. Tell us about your time there. It was charming. It was really, really well done. I think um, they started it because they saw a need for the tourism that they would get because of what the Bible says about Nazareth. And so they made this little reenactment where they would um, make pottery and have sheep and separate wheat from chaff and spin and weave yarn. And I was really excited because I got to spin with the local spinner there in Nazareth. This is a guy talking about the sheep um, differences between sheep and goats. The sheep breed there they have is a Jacob sheep, which is traditionally called a Jacob sheep because it's spotted, but it's not the same species. We can't prove that it's the same species. There's My favorite, the pomegranate. I ended up buying a souvenir, a glass pomegranate to bring oh, home, oh. but um, my grandmother nice. always had a little pomegranate bush by the old house, and uh, I just have always been sentimental about pomegranate, so I had to put this picture in, so, but then there's some <laughs> other fruit. I like too. that one. <laughs> Those one are thing fans. that I really appreciated, one thing that I really appreciated about this tour was that no matter what we were looking at, whether we were looking at the potter's house, they'd go into the scriptures and what the imagery of how God used um, the potter's house or, or throwing, you know, pottery as of how he shapes us and just the different allegories or the different visual aids. So as we went around, if it was the winnowing or if they talked about how God said to separate the wheat from the chaff. Um, if we were near the vineyard, you know, Jesus said, I am the vine, you're the branches. So they did a really good job. I thought about people visiting that really aren't as familiar with the scriptures. If they came to visit this village, I think they would learn some lessons that they could take home and, you know, that would be very inspiring for them and very, um, very much adding to their knowledge of what, you know, how to, how to, have a relationship with God. This so, picture, I appreciate that. Yes, I agree. And um, I, this picture, I, I did not know what the person was doing. He's sharpening. He's sharpening um, his blade for sanding stuff. Oh, he's making okay. sharpening it on a piece of rock, which is something okay. that I had always wondered. So I love finding out, like, ah, oh, that's how they kept the knives sharp, and that's what they use, and that's what it looked like. So that's. Yeah. It was really I love this aesthetic, this first century aesthetic. I would I would decorate my home like this. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. This was interesting. I just some of uh, looking in your pictures and organizing them for this was fun. For me, uh -huh. I have and here this is where uh Ashley got to be the star, I think. So <laughs> I, 
That's well, I was excited because I, I started spinning yarn when I decided that I wanted to see if I could do what the Proverbs 31 woman did literally kind of as a game. So I learned what a distaff was and what a spindle was, and I learned how to spin yarn. And now that's a business. I ran out of my home as I um, raise my children and my servants are my dishwasher and my laundry machines. And, <laughs> Very good. You know, it's, it's a wonderful life. And so, yeah, I was, that was really fulfilling to do kind of what I do in that setting. And they, they were so sweet. They were like, you should work here. And I said, you have no idea. I would totally work here. <laughs> well, I, when I was preparing to, for this, this PowerPoint, I thought, where did this thing get started? This Nazareth village. So I of course had to look it up. Mm. Um, this land oh. is, is, is genuine first century land. Uh, that this was on. Wow. And the lady, one of the ladies who is a big supporter and helped to get this thing started, Sherry Hershend, she and her husband, Jack, are the ones who built Silver Dollar, Dollar City in Branson, Missouri. Huh. So she's familiar with this concept. <laughs> wow. And so, you know, she was, she was really excited. When she had visited Israel, she said, it's great to be there, but everything looks like dead stones. How do people know the, you know, get the experience that get the understanding? A lot of people come that don't have the benefit of a guide like we had to tell us the stories and, and how it That's was bring it to us. But she wanted to build something uh, to be part of building something in Israel that would help to tell the stories of Jesus. Uh, and so she was uh, mm -hmm. really instrumental in this. But the land itself had been a working farm. And the olive press, and I think we'll see a picture in a minute, was had was oh, yes. from the first century. Uh, and so it was a, a kind of amusement park-ish, recreation, recreation, I'm sorry, recre, what do they call it? Well, There's a something. Living, see, like a living, like a living history. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's also it it is truly historical land, uh, and they you know, and I liked mm -hmm. that about it that they didn't just pick a spot. This will be good commercially, uh, but it's really it's really I thought it was right. really neat. And the, every time I think about it, it makes me sad. I miss this. <laughs> Isla, we have to go back. I know it. We're, we're getting up a trip, Ashley. I we say. are. We but, are. But the olive press was here. I mean, you know, that this was another thing that you saw. Uh, and. Yes. And one of the. One of the young men with us kind of pushed the olive press mm -hmm. like you would in the first century, you know, kind of pushed yeah. it around. and Right. Um, there was is, a synagogue. Is this a synagogue? Mm -hmm. The table where the Torah would have been read would have been laid out to read. Uh, another uh, reenactment, that's what I was trying to say. Um, and then there's Cindy. What did you think about in the synagogue? Um, I was much more moved, <laughs> to be honest, by Magdala. And I don't know if we did Magdala. Was that before this, Jared? Was no, that before next. this now? We're, we're heading on or to Magdala. Whenever, whenever y'all are ready. Yeah. yeah, 
just the last okay. Nazareth whenever y'all are ready. That's well, what, what a Magala. I, I will was. say that. Yeah. Magala was amazing. <laughs> okay. Well, on yeah, to Magala then. Here we are. The probable Magala. Go ahead, Cindy. <laughs> oh, I was just being silly about Magdala. But yeah, Ashley and I both were very, very moved by Magdala because uh, Luke explained that it was where Jesus most likely preached. You know, as we go through the story of Jesus, it says that, he's, that he taught in the synagogue and there was really only one first century synagogue. So Ashley and I... Everybody else kind of off to the side. I believe there was kind of more of a, a um, help me out here, like so this a map of the city or the map. And we stayed here at the synagogue and just cried. And I told Ashley, you know what? I think we're about 2,000 years late for church. Like this, <laughs> this felt more holy than... A lot of the commercial of being in the commercialism of, you know, the old Jerusalem, that this just felt like it was closer to its natural state. Yeah. And it, I loved being here at Magdala. Mm -hmm. Tell yeah, me they, this. Go ahead. They had just dug this out within the past 10 years. And so this, they had just found this. There were, there are other synagogues around Galilee in Matthew 4, verse 23. And Jesus went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. And so this is a synagogue in Galilee where Jesus taught and the, the floors were the first century floors that would have been the same flooring that was there when Jesus was there were still there. There was yeah. still paint on the walls, first century paint on the Maybe. wall. There was still the seats where all the men would sit around. Mm -hmm. There's there. It's like the chairs mm -hmm. are there from when Jesus yeah. was they found the original stone that the Torah would be sat on and it, they call it the Magdala stone, but it's like you, and they didn't have it fenced off. They didn't have, you could lean into this building and I could reach my hand over and touch the chairs behind the seat that behind where the reader would stand. And I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is as close as you can get to hearing, like being there where Jesus taught. And I read, I was, I was reading Ma the book of Matthew in the Beatitudes, Matthew 5. And it was to read that in this place, touching these stones was, was unbelievable. It was wholeness. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Um, this, as you said, the color still on the walls. You could. I leaned mm -hmm. over and touched it. I'm like, I don't know. In five years, if they're gonna have all this behind glass, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but it's like mm -hmm. I'm touching the wall, the paint on the walls. Wow. Yeah. It was there when Jesus was there. I couldn't. But I didn't want to leave this. This was one of the most painful things I've ever left in my entire life. I was like ready to dig a hole and move in. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm. Um, there are mikvahs nearby as well. 
Because y'all went around the different places. Uh, and like we explained in, in the program previous is that that would be where someone would be baptized. So mm -hmm. uh, this would be around the time that um, John the baptizer would be baptizing people in preparation for the Messiah, the baptism of repentance. And then, you know, once Jesus ascends to heaven and the church is established there, the kingdom the kingdom comes as he promised, then then first century Christians were baptized just as the apostles were commissioned to teach them, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. So that's what a mikvah is, just as a little reminder. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Good point. And, you know, I think every time on the trip, as we saw the mikvah, we were again reminded of that, that this is how first century, how these people would have been, you know, it could be, not necessarily have to be, but it could have been a place where they would be baptized. It's, it's just a beautiful reminder. God's mercy and grace is apparent that when he goes and moves from one covenant to the next, he has prepared the cleanliness ritual from the first covenant to also work for the second covenant. Mm -hmm. This is where Jews would, mm -hmm. would wash their things in order to fulfill the traditional rites of purity. And it's where Christians could mm -hmm. also be baptized. I just think it's beautiful that God, he doesn't leave anybody out. Yeah. He doesn't make it hard. He makes it easy. That's true. Very true. Well, leaving this uh, wonderful site, I mean, it must be just so emotional, I can tell to all of you, and I'm sure to others as well. Your soul was sustained, and now you had to sustain your body also. Apparently, you had a fantastic lunch. It looks like maybe a shop uh, where you dipped out what you wanted. Is that how it worked? Or Yeah, I just, I, I'm, we went to, I went to a grocery store. There was a place where you could get a shawarma sandwich and falafel. And I was, I don't know if I'll eat shawarma and falafel for, falafel for a very, very long time. It was wonderful. Yeah. Um, it was a lot. Look at the spices. Yeah, I thought those are really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I just I liked how it was displayed. Yeah. Different than it is in the States for sure. Yes. yes. Um, you're more I see bread looks like and yeah, they had cinnamon sticks and bay leaves and yeah, just amazing how everything is out. And then yeah. of course this looks like a regular convenience store, doesn't it? Yeah, that so, was the milk. I was sending these pictures to my kids as a joke. Like, uh, what is the, Can you tell what this is? That's right. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> they can make yeah. that connection then. That's cute. Well, um, the next thing that you all did later on, and it's the very next thing, but you had a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and um, was the boat was one that had... I mean, it wasn't what was used in Jesus's time, I know, but uh, just a big old boat. Yeah, I think we were yeah. on the roof, but I got a picture of the Noah. I was hoping to go on the Noah. Wow. I, but yeah, we were on we were on the Reuben boat. So I, I haven't yeah. taken the time to see what all the ironic parallels are in that. <laughs> oh dear! But here's the group, and, and there's. Uh, 
I see Wallace. Let's see. I don't see y'all because I guess one of you is taking it. But there's Zach, our leader. Uh, and then here's the Sea of Galilee. Beautiful color, isn't it? Just such a beautiful turquoise. And and off in the distance, I don't know if this is, I think this is the direction. Ashley, do you recognize this as being the Beatitudes Hill? Is this the correct direction? Um, it's the Beatitudes Hill, I think, is a little bit to the right, but we're looking okay. toward uh, where the resort was, where we were okay. staying. But yeah, it could, I mean, it could have been any of these hills because we don't know exactly the latitude and longitude where Jesus stood yeah. to preach these things. Right. But it was mm -hmm. in this, it was here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so we sang worship songs, um, if I recall, and Dr. John Weaver led us in the most beautiful prayer um, that meant a lot to everyone, mm -hmm. I believe. And yeah, it was a very, very special time. Perfect weather for it. You know, I, my understanding is that weather can change on a dime here, but it stayed beautiful and what a happy memory. Mm -hmm. well, I think this would be a good spot for us to stop our program this evening. Uh, and okay. um, just uh, we'll continue the next program and talk some about Capernaum and uh, our, your trip there. So uh, for tonight, though, we'll say good night. Good night, everyone, and God bless.